A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast by James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple, except they're not. The UK's next drag race superstar is... Crystal Versace. Welcome to Again and Nongay's Christmas special. And for our Christmas lunch this year, we're getting out the crystal wear, darling. Please welcome the winner of Drag Race UK Season 3, Crystal Versace. I get crystallized. Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. So thanks for joining us. I mean, how early in the process did you know that you were going to win? <laughs> oh my God. Um, right, go on, Dan, get in there. I didn't really uh, think I was going to win. I never thought of it. Even like recording the show, like that never went through my mind. I always wanted to reach top four. That was always my dream, like to be like, all right, if I go on it, I need to at least reach that fast. And only really like recently when the episodes were coming out, some people were saying, you're going to win. And I'm like, no, no, I don't think I will. But then like watching it, it sometimes would go in my head that I'd win. And then sometimes I'd be like, no, I'm definitely not. It's kind of weird. And then until it was said, I was like, what? Yeah, I don't know if Dan actually knows this, but um, Rue records a winner reveal for each finalist, okay? So... Yeah, none of us know. When you are filming your version, like when you finally get round to doing your win, mm. when you're filming, how is that? Like, what does that feel like? Oh my God, it was so surreal. Because it obviously, it all happens so quick, you know, mentally. So it's kind of hard to like get to grips with me standing there holding the crown and scepter. Like I was just like, right, I'm just holding a scepter and a crown. And then after that, we sort of wrapped. So it was really weird, very overwhelming. It just seemed like a dream. And I didn't really like comprehend it until like recently when I won. And I was like, oh my God, I was standing up there with a crown and a scepter. <laughs> did you film yours last? Uh, yes, I did actually. No way. So, so like when we were doing it, cause we were so knackered, it started with Kitty, I can't remember. So she got the loudest she did because everyone was like, oh my God, like, as if she's winning. And by the end, everyone was like, yeah. That is so funny. So did you have any idea yeah. that you were the real take? Did Rue have a glint in his eye when he announced you? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell, you know. Um, I mean, Rue was always lovely to me. We really got on. I think the girls sort of like saw that. But I didn't really, I still didn't think, I didn't think anything of it. I really didn't. So if they film multiple endings, at what point do you know that you've won? Uh, well, when we watch it back with everyone else. Really? Yeah, yeah. We have no inkling of who's going to win like, at all. So at the same it's... time that the public are watching it, you're watching it? Yeah. Wow. Did you know that, James? Yes. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> but I was enjoying your innocence finding out. But yeah, yeah it's insane that you watch such a, a huge moment in your life at the same time as everyone else and you've got no idea that it's about to happen. Oh my God, this has been the most amazing experience I could have ever wished for in my entire life. And I'm just ready to rule the fucking world! <laughs> now press my queen, press! How did that feel in that moment then when you're with the other queens and you're watching it and it's like, oh shit, they're playing my version? Um, oh my God, it was, it was mad. It was weird to hear my name. Yeah, it was just like, as soon as that happened, it was like, boom, you know, that's it. You're the winner. Um, You are the youngest ever winner of Drag Race ever at 19. And you've been doing drag since you were 13. It would be so awesome to go back to that moment when you like first dragged up. Can you tell us what went down, how that felt, 
how did you find drag? How did drag find you? Well, I always wanted to be a makeup artist. That was like what I wanted to do in life. And then with Drag Race, I could like wear a wig and see what that looks like. And then I started like trying drag makeup. And then I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with transforming my face. And that's like all I've ever done. So yeah, I just sort of just fell in love with it really. And then it just became more and more. And then I started to transform the body and then Crystal sort of appeared. I love that. When you're really young and doing drag, do you get yeah. looked down on by the elder drag people? When I got on the show, there was like some words going about why is she on it? She's only been doing it for this long, like she doesn't deserve to be on. There was always stigma with some queens. During the show, I think some of the girls like naturally sort of were like, you know, she's young, she's this, she's that. Because I got so much feedback from like the judges and stuff and they were a bit like, fuck her sometimes. But you know, it, doesn't, it didn't determine, you know, like I turned it out and I've worked just as hard as any of these other girls. Like, you know, I've worked rapidly hard in the few years that I've done it. Do you find that some gays, they have a bit of internalised homophobia? (laughs) Maybe these older queens have some of that as well, and it's just like a jealousy thing. But we're the generation that has to push through that and support each other. And I feel like we all have a responsibility as queer people to like big each other up, whereas some gay people are the opposite. Do you see that as well? Uh, yeah, but I don't think it has... I don't think it comes down to like queerness and homophobia, I'd say. I think it just comes to like jealousy of like talent and the will to do really well in life, you know, and to work really hard. I think people are intimidated by that when maybe they're older and they are still doing the same thing. So, you know, when I was out there like rapidly getting better and like succeeding and having these massive steps and then drag race you know i think people were a bit like eh, let's see what she has to do so eat it we were joking with victoria scone earlier this year that maybe it was time for a non-gay like dan here to enter drag race and you had some great drag names ready didn't you dan i think uh, danscaping was one uh, dan spreading danchester city Danchester united but now actually it's confirmed that there is like a yeah. cis straight guy in season 14 of American Jag Race. So what, what are your thoughts on this on this guy? He's called Maddie Morphosis. Maddie Morphosis. Yeah, I mean, I think Maddie it's great. You know, it's just expanding um, what we see as drag and it's expanding the levels and limits that we thought maybe shortened and put everyone in a box. But actually it's, you know, coming out of that, you know, like we are every year with, you know, Victoria being on. That was another jump out of the box of like what people estimated there to be. So I think it's incredible. I think everyone deserves a chance. I just don't think it's right to nitpick, oh, your sex orientation. That's me, because I'm like, wow, really? Like a straight person? Because Victoria's gone is yeah. a lesbian, right? So it kind of fits. And obviously I love female drag. I also think drag kings should be allowed on the show. But I'm like, oh, we're allowing non-LGBTQ plus people in. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's a stigma I need to get over. I think it's happened for a reason. I think he's gone in there like, you know, you know, knew that there was going to be a reaction. And, you know, the season hasn't started yet. You've literally just seen five minutes of them. So once the season starts and ends, I think then we can like maybe judge what they were capable of. You know what? They could be more of an activist than any of the girls in there. You know, you're right. Like Lady Gaga is a better gay person than me. In terms of her activism. Yeah. And you're you're so right. But I've been judging the memes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> everyone should just give them a chance, like everyone else, and just get on with the show and just watch it. Um, a lot of your fans have connected with you about being a virgin. I've never been sexual with anyone. I've never had sex with anyone. Really? Yeah. And that may come to a shock with some people because my drag is like sex on legs. Yeah, it is. It actually isn't the case for Luke, you know? Mm, so, 
Yeah. I would have never guessed that no, in a million no, years. I wouldn't know. And you said on the show you were focused on you, so you didn't have time for a bit of dick, and I love you for that. And I yeah. personally wish that I had waited a little bit longer. Is there uh, shame around being a virgin in queer culture? And how did you fight that and own up to it? I don't think like, I experienced much like shame, but it was, like I think, just a natural, like, no one spoke about it and everyone's sort of like very expressive with like their sexual lives especially when i was growing up and starting drag in clubs and stuff so i remember i was a bit like eh, like out of the group a bit and like didn't really have a say because i was like well i just can't relate so i guess there was an unintentional maybe people would look down on you and see you more as, as like a child but i was just like you know what i don't care i've been brought up to like have it when it's right and all that so i don't really care i've always wanted to do drag and like do makeup and i've always been really focused on my career so i just don't care enough i'd rather be like working on a new tour or um, walking fashion week or something like that you know I just want to be focusing on like cool stuff because it's it's just my passion I don't have a passion for getting in bed with someone <laughs> yes you are the Virgin Mary of our Christmas yeah. podcast I think it's more common than people realize actually and we have a lot of younger listeners and I, I just think you're kind of an inspiration to them too because mm. there is a pressure to rush it and certainly in gay culture and the way we present ourselves so readily available <laughs> I think it's really important to have voices like yours. Yeah, I think it's an important subject. I think it's just something that no one spoke about. So I think even if, you know, it's just it's just my thing. Like, if people can relate to it, then sure. I don't think I need to, like, go around with flags. Is there a flag for that? <laughs> I, I don't know. If I can inspire people and people can sort of relate to something, I think it always helps. You know, that little, like, something where you can just sort of relate to someone. Plus, you've got 21 years to lose it before they make a film about you. You know, the film oh, my- you are virgin. I had no idea where you were going then. That's such a straight point of reference yeah. i've right. never asked you this dan how old were you it would have been much later than you oh <laughs> the shade it's not a shade that isn't shade, that isn't shade. <laughs> that's so rude that isn't rude this is that's just a fact we'll move on gracefully thank you very much it's been lovely to chat to you oh thank you darlings for having me a gay and a non-gay is a podcast by james barr and dan hudson if you want more subscribe at gaynongay.com 